Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karev. And before we get into this podcast, we wish for everybody to be safe during COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic. Make sure you're staying safe out there. The world needs you. We want you all alive. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the credit repair and financial literacy world. Stimulus checks are not the only way to stay up on your finances. If you have debt and you're looking to clear your credit and have a one-up when it comes to your financial security, please contact Transparent Credit Repair at 862-250-5122. You can also visit them at www.transparentcreditrepair.com. Tell them Heritage Hip Hop sent you and you may get a little something extra for your visit. This episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we're going to East New York. We're going back to Brooklyn. And we're talking to Notes82, a person who wants to bring lyrics back to the game by telling a unique story and making sure his life and his lessons learned come through in his music. So for a relatable rapper, and for somebody who talks real life, he wants to be the person that represents the truth of hip-hop, which is real life, soul, and lessons learned. Make sure you tune into this episode for the many jewels that are given, and I will come back with the rest of my commentary afterwards. Peace and blessings, everybody, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. See, when you meet MCs that have a message, it's important that you shut up and let them speak because you just might learn something and also better your craft. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, this is Notes 82. <laughs> All right, and this is, this is, this is a, a New York representative who knows what message he wants to get by delivering it with bars. Let me ask you a question. After listening and surveying a lot of your music, why do bars matter, especially in a time where vibes in the wave is, seems to be more prevalent? Um, bars matter because I think it gives, a, it gives a message off to show the listeners how witty you can be with wordplay. So bars are very important. It's a structure, and it's, it's a structure around what you're actually trying to, the message you're trying to give the listener. So it's very important. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people always have something to say, but a lot of listeners are not hearing the artist. And now that's why I think hip-hop is falling short, because a lot of people are not in their heads, but don't know what the hell they're not in their heads to. As a, as a, as a rhymer, how do you attack that so that you're also not just heard, but listened to and felt at the same time? Um, for me, I know the tension span nowadays is kind of like short. So for me, what I try to do is I try to get right after it. So in a song, if you listen to any Notes 82 song, I try to give you a message as soon as I come on the record. I try to, you know, give the people that's not really paying attention um, that attention where they can actually get to that point where, like, my No Justice, No Peace song. I'm going to give you an example. When I first come in, I tell you what I tell you on the song. I need y'all to pay attention to this. I need y'all to listen, pay attention. You know, so I'm giving the listeners, you know, a chance to that that doesn't really listen to, you know, music nowadays, and it's just all about the beat. I'm trying to give them a message in every song that I do. Yeah, yeah. No justice, no peace is a beat, well known, and the message talks about police brutality and making sure that your life is meaningful and not just taken out of here. And we live in a time, especially during this COVID nonsense, that. People's lives are getting taken out left and right. Why do you think, why do you think 
hip-hop has been used as the medium to try to take away the mind, but hip-hop was always established to grow the mind. Um, I just always think it's a money game. So you get a lot of people in, in that, that are actually in tune to the cult, are actually in tune to the culture, and you got people that are actually trying to take away the culture. So now it's kind of like they're trying to confuse the mind. Like when we were growing up in the golden age, you knew who hip hop belonged to. You knew the culture that it was grown up under. And now I think it's been taken over because of the money, uh, the fame. And I think a lot of people, the individuals that come up usually in hip hop, it's like from the minority community. And I think that you come up in some situations where it's not the best living situations. And then when you come along, you make something um, of yourself with music. You know, because the culture, I, get, I think it's a lot of people that have been invited to the culture that shouldn't even be in the culture that are taking away a lot of opportunities, a lot of lanes. And what I mean by that is offering you a contract, offering you a 360 deal where they're screwing you in the end, and you're not, you know, educated the way you're supposed to be. It's all about money. So that's where the game has actually changed. That's why the game is the way it is now. You said people have been invited to the culture that should not be in the culture. See, politically speaking, that's very relevant because even today as we see China and Africa going to war over the treatment of, of people, mm-hmm. and and China has said Africa will never get respect until Africans do their own culture. What do you think that people who are in the hip-hop culture have to do to preserve the culture and make it relevant still? Um, I just think the way the way that they came up, the way that she was brought up, those rules should never change. When you, as you get, as it's getting passed down, the rules should never change. It's getting passed down so much now that it's getting watered down. It's not the true essence. It's not the true root. It's not coming from the root anymore. It's actually breaking away, and that's bad. That's not good because you're getting away from what made hip hop hip hop. And don't get me wrong, hip hop is still strong, but it's not as strong as it used to be back in the day. You're from a different part of the world than me. So across the water, you're in the heart of New York City. Like you are, mm-hmm. you are Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? And anybody that knows Brooklyn is an ethnicity. <laughs> like you go everywhere. It's somebody's from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yeah. Brooklyn has a mind state, and Brooklyn has an identity. What is the Brooklyn identity of hip hop? How is it different from the rest of the hip hop culture? It's just raw, man. I, I think I think growing up in Brooklyn and listening to hip hop, it's just raw. It's com- it's competitive. Like every other borough is competitive, but I think Brooklyn, we just have this persona to us. It's just we have this not nonchalant, I would say, kind of cocky attitude to us and say, you if I'm from Brooklyn, I can survive anywhere." So that's where um, Brooklyn is the way it is. It's just we're just I wouldn't say cocky. We're just confident in everything that we do. You know, that's a Brooklyn guy for you. You know what I'm saying? Whether you like it or not, you got to respect it because that's how we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you the Brooklyn way. I can't give it to you no other way. And I'm going to show love while I'm doing it, you know? So really that, that that's where it resonates with Biggie said, you know, we spread love the Brooklyn way. It's the truth. We show love. And that's how it's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? So I think Brooklyn dudes, we're just different. We're just we're just confident in what we do, overly confident. And, you know, it comes off sometimes as, oh, you're cocky. And, nah, we're just confident in what we do, you know? Yeah, confidence is a very big part of hip-hop because you have to be confident to be able to put your art out. And one of the lost arts of hip-hop is performing. What is the Brooklyn way to perform, not just the Brooklyn way to do lyrics? Oh, 
man. See, I think with Brooklyn cats that I know, and it's, it's more like in hip-hop, you know more hip-hop, it's, we're visual people. So when we, that's why when I say when I rap, I give you a message. When Biggie Smalls raps, he gave you a message. You understand what I'm saying? So um, performing is a little different, and performing is that pizzazz. We bring in more of the cocky side out of, on that side. Not with the lyrics. The lyrics were very confident, but I think with the with the performing, we're just kind of laid back. We're just caught up. We're just in our ways. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's smooth. It comes off smooth when you're a Brooklyn rapper. You know what I'm saying? So that's the difference. Lyrics is more or less we're trying to give you a message uh, visually, but like far as like performing, we're trying to show you that, yeah, we got it. We can do this. You know what I'm saying? I want to go into the message of the Reflections um, Project. Reflections Project seems to be very personal and vivid at the same time. What was your, what was your, uh, what was your motivation behind Reflections? Oh, man, I love this question that you gave me. Um, so I, I moved away from New York City for, for a while, um, about 10 years. So probably in my eighth year being down south, um, had, you know, had kids, wife, um, life just kind of started taking its toll. So um, my uncle had passed, um, very, very much so uh, important, um, you know, key in my life. Um, a couple of other friends that when I left home, you know, unfortunately had tragic deaths and stuff like that. Um, I had a friend that committed suicide, you know, years ago. And it was like, I think I was at that point where I wanted to talk about, talk about it. So it was just all about the pain. That's what Reflections was. Reflection was really a pain out. And I just wanted to give the people, me, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know, tell that people know what was going on in my life. So Reflections is definitely, like you said, it was definitely a personal album. That was an album that I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't feel like I would ever make an album like that again. Cause, I mean, pain comes and pain goes, but it's like I think now I'll be more more acceptable to deal with it because then I was letting a lot of stuff build up over them eight years period, you know? Yeah, because even Rashad about Reflections too, and I'm like, damn, I got to digest Reflections 1 first. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't really ready for that whole project because you have certain songs on there that stood out to me. And, I mean, I wanted to talk to you about some of them because usually when people talk to MCs, they're like, who's your influence? Who's this and who's that? Yeah, yeah, that's regular. They could go somewhere else for that. Me, I'm into the intelligence. I'm into the depth of the MC. So certain yeah. songs that you make, I want to ask you about those, like Bad vs. Evil. Like, tell me, about, tell me about how deep you had to dig to go to make that song. I had to dig real deep and I think now listening to that song now with me and my brothers me and my brother have actually reconciled and we're cool now um mm -hmm. but it was hard I'm not gonna lie to you it was it was very hard because it's like to write a song about somebody you love when you're writing it in love is different you can do that that's easy but to do mm -hmm. it in pain and to sit there and say this is a this is my older brother where I looked up to him he's kind of like a father but I have my father but I had a second father figure in my house, and it just didn't go the way I wanted it to go in life with him, our relationship. You know, a couple mm -hmm. of things here and there with us. Um, and I think we just, I think it was just that point. I was in a different space in my life, and he was too. And it was like, it was okay to express how he, how I felt and how he felt. You know what I mean? So I expressed how I felt, um, and I let God God, God come in and do, do the work after that. You know what I'm saying? It didn't, it didn't happen right away because Bad Rest has been out for years, um, about a couple of years now, and then we just now getting back to the point where we're actually talking. So it hurt me. It really did because that was 
See, uh, see, when we make music like that, we're able to speak to people who may be going through the same things, and we don't even know that we wrote what we wrote mm -hmm. to affect other people as MC. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And, yes. and I wanted to ask you a question, because this is a question I ask a lot of people. And I wanted to give somebody who actually showed their depth and not just rap this question. Yeah. What hits harder, pain music or love music? Mm. I think pain music hits harder. I okay, now before you give me now before you give me your your your, your, your um your reason, I just want to put this in the air. Hip hop came about because of pain. Yes. So when people go through depression, they play music that either matches their moods or lifts them out of their moods. That's why gospel music is so powerful because people look for the higher power and higher yes. um a higher esteem to build up their self-esteem. You see me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, w and when it comes to pain music, we have to play into our pain to get through it, or we have to play through our pain to get through it. Yes. You said pain music. Why is your pain music able to heal rather than keep people in pain? Um, because I always think it's a solution. It's a solution around, not a solution, it's always a, a, a bounce back from pain because mm. even when you lose when you lose loved ones, I've learned this a long time ago, and even lost ones, even ones that I've lost loved ones, and then I can remember them telling me that a loss ain't a loss; it's a lesson. It teaches you to be stronger because you know why? People have to understand that you're someday you're gonna die. So when you when you're brought into this world, you're not taught. You don't know fear. You're taught fear. You're shown fear. You understand what I'm saying? Not knowing that, oh, I'm scared of a gun. Yes, everybody is. I, I get that. But not knowing at the end of your life, you're going to die. So it shouldn't be no fear. You already know what, yes, your human traits going to take over, but you already know what your destiny is. Your destiny is to come here and do the work of God or do the work that you were sent to do here. Do it, and then you know what? As you go on, it shouldn't feel so so much of a burden. Yes, you want to be here and live your life, but you have to understand it's hell here on earth. I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. It's another place that we got to go to to get you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of pain. Pain is you can get around, you can get to the point where you can bounce back from pain. You really can. And I need people to understand that. You know, love, is, that's something that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love. But pain, pain is something you feel. You feel that. You fall down, you cut your leg, a baby, they cut their leg. They don't want to hear, oh, it's going to be okay, you cut your leg. Blah, blah, blah. You, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to hear that. I'm hurt. But you have to let a baby know that, look, okay, you fell, you got up. The bounce back is is what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to take you inside. I'm going to clean this cut up. I'm going to do whatever, whatever. And then what's the solution to bounce back from it? In time, those wounds heal. So that's a process. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to understand. It's a process. Everything is a process. Everything. The process of making music goes beyond just thinking, writing, and saying. It also does have a feel, but it also has a reflection to it as well. And I love the title of that of that um, project. What did the song Vultures mean to you, and what did you want to warn people of? <laughs> I wanted to warn people of the vultures that are in the world. We're surrounded by them every day. Not everybody that's around you. Is about what you're trying, what you're trying to do. You understand what I'm saying? Not everybody's around mm -hmm. it. So I thought about the vultures in the room. 
So, and I thought, and you could apply that to the world. For me, I'm comfortable because I grew up around it. I grew up around people who said, you're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. And you know what? As I grew, I became comfortable. So I could sit in a room full of haters. And you know what? Probably be the only one in there that's not a hater and survive it. And survive mm-hmm. the shots and survive the, the bat talking and survive the stabbings. And I would survive all of it because that I, I was made tough. My parents raised me to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Tough. And, and, and people say, well, it's not street. Yeah, I'm not street. But I think that tough lesson I learned in the house prepared me for out there because it's a mm. jungle out there. So, yeah. you know, growing up in the hood, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared, man. I grew up in the hood, man. I'm from the project. <laughs> you know, if I if I could survive that, I could survive anything. I don't want to say, because I'm from Brooklyn, I survive. No, I lived in the project, and I survived. And the project wasn't easy to live in. It wasn't. You know, even though I had my mother and father, people got to understand, you had to leave your mother and father and go out that house and, and face the world. So I could survive. I mean, if I could survive the hood, I definitely could survive any vultures in the room, man, anybody. I respect that. I respect that. One of my favorite songs on Reflections is Running Back. Mm. Now, that song right there touched on so many different levels because it's really about not only perseverance, but it's about the heart. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the heart and how Running Back came from your heart and it was delivered delivered to people's hearts. Running Back is, if you could put it in any perspective, I'm going to take it from my perspective and I'm going to say this. Um, running Back was me running back to hip-hop. And mm-hmm. at at a point in my life where the pain was coming, it also was it also changed when you know my wife was telling me that you know we got to have another child. So that changed my life. You know I wanted to do more. You know when you have kids, you always want to do something extra when you have more kids. That's how I look at it. My first mm-hmm. son, I was inspired to be a man and get up out the hood. I did that. My second son, it was more or less about you know what I want to give him everything. I can possibly give them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, running back was just my um, coming back to music. And music is something that I love. Music is kind of like my heart, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just more or less about I see, I've see seen the opportunity to come back, and that's why I did running back. Running back was that track, you know, stuck in my past. Try to be, you know what I mean? I just want to be running back to you. You know what I'm saying? It's just like if you mm-hmm. look, if you listen to the words, the words just meant everything to me when I got it. It meant, it meant everything in the world because it was like when I heard the beat, it kind of was like that was my thing. Okay, notes. You've been down for a while. You're going through all this pain. It's time to come back to what you love. And the signs were there. The signs were there. I had friends reaching out. Yo, bro, remember you used to rap, and bro used to do this and used to do that, and it kind of all makes sense. And I'm a type of person that I I believe in signs. I really do. You know, I believe in signs. So hearing Running Back, which is a funny story, one day I was on um, SoundCloud, and I was just going through, you know, songs, beats, and for some reason, mistakenly, I hit this beat maker, and that beat came on, and it made sense to me. And I believe running back, it didn't take me but at least 15 minutes to write that whole entire song. So for me, it's just telling people that never stray away from your dream. If you have not fulfilled a dream that you're wanting to do, you can go back to that dream and fulfill it. It's never too late. So I tell people that that's where running back came from. It's that, that's where it resonates to the people in the heart of it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's in your heart 
and you feel like you want to go out and do it, a lot of people get scared of that. Not me. When I see the when I see that moment and, I, and it was like come back, time to come back, time to go. So that's what running back was inspired, and it, that's why it's from the heart, you know. Because anything you have, you inspire in your heart. Don't just leave it there. You know what I'm saying? You might be two steps away from completing the mission, and you know what you did? You done gave up on it. Never give up. Keep going. See, that is dope because, like I said, it talks about the heart. And anybody who listens to Heritage Hip Hop knows I got my own philosophy about the heart, faith, and yeah. religion and things. So I want to tell you my philosophy after you answer this question, and let's see where we meet. Do we meet in the middle or are we on opposite sides of the spectrum? Define hip hop for me. Mm, define hip hop. Oh. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. The gospel. I'm gonna call it the gospel, and I'm gonna look at it from I'm gonna look at it from a different perspective when we talk about the gospel. Um, when I grew up loving hip hop, it was a lot of people that was in the forefront of hip hop, and I looked up to these guys as the disciples. And I, I felt like for me, hip hop was the gospel. It's certain chapters in his hip hop that people need to understand. And you see those names in the Bible, you can kind of, you know, compare them to hip-hop. You got your KRS-1s. You got your Molly Malls. You got your, you know, uh, 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 Rakim's. Then you can go to your producers. Then you can go. It's so many levels you can go to in hip-hop. And then what it does is when you put it all together, that's the gospel. That's lessons that you're getting on a daily basis when you talk about hip-hop. So when I think about hip-hop, I think gospel. It's the gospel. It's something that we predicate ourselves on loving, but we predicate ourselves on living that lifestyle as a hip hop person. So that's what I that's what I'm gonna give you uh, when it comes to hip hop. I don't I don't never want to give you the cliche and the same things that everybody else say, but for me that's that was really really thought out for me the gospel. That's what I that's what I look at when I talk about hip hop because hip hop is a message and everything hip hop is a message. I love your answer because it sounds similar to what I always say to people when I ask them. When I ask, when I ask people what is hip-hop, they give me certain answers, and I give them this answer. What is the main part of a hip-hop song? Everybody says it's the drum, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, what is the drum in your life? Your heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I say, okay, when you walk, you walk in steps, and steps are your journeys, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you write notes, what do you write them on? Those bars are called steps. Yep. So even the music takes you to places like you walk in a journey, correct? Yes. Then mm -hmm. I said, then you have harmony. Harmony is representative of your lymphatic system, your respiratory system, your reproductive system. When it all works together, you vibe. And it's perfect, but when something's off, the harmony is gone, and that's when you're not at ease. That's a disease. Mm -hmm. All these things come from God. So hip-hop has to be God in your connection to something higher to give you expression. And understanding that, there's a certain responsibility of being an MC. What do you think is the responsibility of an MC, no matter what type of music they make? Always have a message behind everything that you're giving out to the world. And what I mean by that is MCs have to understand that 
we're as impactful as a politician. So think about this. How many people love hip-hop? You have billions and billions of people that love hip-hop. So think about it. It doesn't even matter if your favorite artist is uh, Takashi 69, which I don't want to talk about that anyway. But think about it. Whoever's his fan, they're more influenced by what he says. They're always tuning in to what you say. So if I have no 82 fans, they know the message that I'm trying to give them. So I tell people that it's the message. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's your responsibility to, to the game. As an artist, it doesn't matter what type of music you do, trap music, whatever. Your fans are watching you. So it always has to be a message behind what you're trying to do. Here's my thing. Well, I'm not trying to tell you what to write. Some people might want to have a negative um, um, message. But some people's fans might like that. Some like people might have positive um, messages. But you have to give the people what you, what you want them to hear. And if you want, if you're going to be heard, you're going to have to give them a powerful message every time you step into that booth or every time they hear your music. That's how I look at it. I feel you because if you don't have a message, you can't connect to people. Mm-hmm. And if you can't connect, there's no reason to even get into the art because if you don't invoke a feeling, a memory, or even a thought, it's a lost cause. What has been the greatest response to your music you've ever had and that you take with you? Somebody told me one time I was deep. And I said, <laughs> I said explain it. And they said, it's just like uh, Brother Malcolm and, and Brother Mark. And I said, I, and I had to stop him first and said, let me stop you. I said, before you make that comparison and you want to compare me to those phenomenal individuals, let's just think. I haven't even reached that yet. I haven't even gotten to that plateau. But then they have to go on, you know, keep going. So they said, no, it's just the messages that you give. It's the same type of messages that Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were giving to our people. And you feel that it's a responsibility in your music to give that to our people. So that's the similarities. You're working towards something. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X weren't great at first. They weren't. They weren't. Men which I'm a man too, but they said they became great men when they understood what their message to the world was going to be. And I think now I'm becoming that that man that I want to be in music, that's giving you the message, that's giving our people to wake up and, and, and smell the coffee. The aroma is there. God is there. The message is there. It's all about coming together and being in unity. And that's what it is for me. You know, like, that that's what I heard. But people always tell me I'm deep. <laughs> I said, wow. I said, I am. And I don't feel like I'm a deep individual. But I guess I'm learning now that when I do music, I come off a little bit deep. Okay. The average mind is not your mind. And what I mean to say that is not everybody thinks the same way. So it's a blessing when somebody actually listens and hears you. Yes. And then they give mm-hmm. you a, a critique of what you've made. I think that's one of the lost arts of hip-hop, too, because, like I said, a lot of people are just nodding their heads up and down, and they don't really know what the hell they're nodding up and down for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want you to actually talk to me about that from the Timeless LP. You, um, EP, you have a song called What. Tell me what the what is. Let's get into the what. <laughs> the, the what is 
it's, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. It's me giving you the what. Like, the what is kind of like that ghetto news. That's what I'm giving you. I'm giving mm-hmm. you actually what the eyes see, what the eye, what the ears hear, what we feel in the hood. I'm only giving you what you need to know. So that's what the what is. This is what you need to know. This is what is going on that people are not talking about. You know what I'm saying? So that's all it is, man. It's just, it's nothing, it's nothing peculiar about it, but the what is what I want you guys to pay attention to. This is what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to feel. So that's what the what is. You know, that's deep because it's the songs that are open-ended that make the best music, you know? Like, like, there's only certain phases of hip-hop. There's only, like, probably, like, four or five phases. You have the storyteller. You have the braggadocious. You have the conscience. You have the ignorance. And then you have that gray area. Yeah. And the gray area is the open question. So, shout out to Redman. You had what? The album. Like, what? Mm-hmm. The album. <laughs> you had Nori. What? 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 You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But the word what? Is such an open-ended statement that anything could be put into the what? Um, you, you ever remember, remember the song? Um, I think it was uh, uh, Incursions or something. Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tip yeah. is the same thing. What is a what is a is a blunt if it has you know whatever you know what I'm saying what to your what to your what like what is so broad? <laughs> but the thing yeah. about what is so powerful because you invoke the listener to think before they actually hear the song. <laughs> yeah, and you, my chorus, you hear it. What you gonna do when they come straight to you? So that's a feeling. How you gonna feel? How you gonna see? How you gonna look at this when you got people running down on you? How you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. why the, the what is. That's why I tell you, it's just the what. It's just what you what you're gonna see, what you're gonna experience, what you're gonna see through the eyes of the artist. That's what the what is. <laughs> so as you can tell, I like your music because I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. going in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. I think I, I think I think the, the 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 real sad part of hip hop right now is technology has bastardized hip hop, in my opinion. Yes, it has. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's why I wanted to ask you: What is your opinion of it, and where do you see the tragedy of hip hop in technology, or where do you see the victory in hip hop because of technology? I see the victory in hip hop for, for from this standpoint. It has brought a lot of wealth to a lot of people. What? Mm-hmm. What? it has also brought a lot of trash to the table. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when they brought the social media, love it, don't get me wrong, but when they brought it to the table, it kind of brought the feeling of slavery to me. That's how I look at it. And the reason why I say that is is because now these labels, they, you know, artists to me really had a say back in the day on what they wanted to do or what whatever. Now it's like you put the money on the table, you put the bling bling, you put the girls out there, and you know what? You get a, a, a 16-year-old artist. And think about it like this. Back in our days, the artists back then were more experienced at, and some of them got screwed a little bit, at 16, 17 years old, 18 years old. But understand, they weren't going to take a lot of crap. Nowadays, it's like you don't even get people reading over their contract. They're just like, oh, they show me the money. You get the money, and then they're going with it. So the slavery mentality from, from a standpoint of social media has come where that you, it's kind of like, how can I put it? It's kind of like the bait. It's, they're baiting you. They're baiting you to say, okay, yeah, I know you're talented or whatever like this, but I'm not trying to give you 
we got to make our money, but I'm going to screw you in the process of trying to make my money back. And they know <laughs> that they know that they know that these kids are going to sign those contracts. For me, record labels are not even in my lane anymore. It's more or less I love being independent because I get to do what I want. I want to own my own masters, my royalty, whatever it is. I want to own it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So social media, all social media has done is blinded the eyes because back in the day it was word of mouth. Yep. That's what it was. It was word of mouth. Now every day it's like an artist puts out a song, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. And they think that's hot. And somebody, <laughs> it's like a gimmick. It's like a game is a gimmick now. It's like it's a gimmick. You know what I'm saying? They see that. They see an artist like me who I feel like I give my all. I give you the real. And they see an artist beside me and they're talking about I'm stupid. They're going to go sign this artist first. Yeah. Because Unfortunately, now, that's true. Yep. The mindsets are different now. So social media, back in the day, remember us, you had to be extra nice back in the day if you was an MC. Now you step into, you go into your house, nothing wrong with home studios. I have no problem with it. I got a couple of my homeboys, and they're actually nice. They got their own home studio. But now you got everybody that has a studio, and everybody is putting out music. You record something in five minutes. The next time you throw it out, you can put it on SoundCloud. You can put it. We didn't have that back in the day. Yeah. But see, that's the one thing that, technology has given us that we don't take yeah. notice of we're watching mm -hmm. artists develop in real time when you have artist development behind closed doors yes sir mm -hmm. so that's the hardest thing because now when you meet an artist you can't like like i'm a music connoisseur and i'm a lover of hip-hop so like yeah. i can tell the difference between someone who's just starting or somebody who's polished mm -hmm. well most well some people nowadays just don't this is about, oh, I just like how that feel, rather than the process. Mm -hmm. Do you think hip-hop right now is full of music or full of, or full of sound? I think hip-hop is full of just sound. Sound? So then, so then let me ask you a different uh, question. What's the difference between a song and a track? Mm, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I, see where, I see where you're going with this. Okay, so I think a song, I believe that a song is like we talked about earlier. It, it has songs are what makes messages and what makes you who you are as an artist. Tracks is just something you just laying down, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to put this track out today. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. So it's like a microwave when you talk about tracks. So then what's Notes 82's best song? Of all time? What is your best not your favorite, your catalog yourself. What is your best song? Ooh. Hmm. Hold up, I gotta, I gotta, cause you name Timeless Reflection. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna say my best song that I have ever written, ever. I'm gonna say No Justice, No Peace. I'm gonna go with that. Okay. We're gonna keep it, go well, I, I respect that because, well, even Razkaz and uh, Muhammad Ali, he's he Muhammad Ali's sample. He said, um, I'm not the young man I was, I'm better now. I have that experience. Mm -hmm. So not only do I hit hard, I know how to hit while I'm hitting hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I respect mm -hmm. that. For me, one of my favorite songs that you did, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go back to Reflections is the outro. Mm -hmm. You give your mom a shout out. Mm -hmm. Um, in the time now where we have people losing their parents, we're losing our relatives, 
Corona and COVID-19 and the evil behind it has taken and broken families, couples, and done so much irreparable damage. Yeah. Connections are the things that define us. Mm-hmm. You talk about your mom. You talk about even having a dad in your life and, 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 your, and your brother. Mm-hmm. How, does those, how do those connections make you a better MC than a person that's just out here rhyming? Oh, man, because for me, my mother and father, that's all I've seen when I was growing up. I've never seen my father leave. I've never seen my mother leave. So having that stability there made me the man that I am today. And not saying there's a lot of people that survive without their parents, but I think for me, around the time that I was really coming up in the 90s, they were, they were that, that comfort blanket. And they, 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 they showed me the way, and they also would tell you the truth. We are not going to be with you 24-7. So when you do become a teenager and you get out in the world, you go to high school, you go do the things, you're going to go through it. But you know what? When you go through it, it's going to make you a better person. But we're here to give you guidance. We're here to, to, to weed out all the, all the bull crap that's going on in the world. We can't protect you from everything in the world because, you know, we, we got jobs, you go to school. But they were stability for me. And it, it, it shaped me into the man I am today, the family man I am today. You know that, you know what, me and my wife, my, I see, that's all I see is my mother and father loving each other and loving us. And I'm the same way with my family. So it means something. Um, funny thing that you brought that up, um, a lot of people are afraid to talk about growing up or even give a shout-out. And I give a shout-out to my mother because she raised two kings and she knew how to play her role as a queen to her king. So mm. for me, that means something to me. That really, that's why I'm, that's why I believe I'm deep. And I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you some real talk. Mm-hmm. You probably knew this. My father was a bishop. Okay. So understand I was a, a pastor's kid. And people mm-hmm. don't understand the pressures of that. That's pressure. Because yes, I was a pastor's kid. But they think you live this luxurious life that you live, and I came up in the projects. Mm-hmm. And I want people to listen to me, and, and see people say, oh, "I don't like pastors." That's cool, but I I respect one pastor, the hell out of one pastor that I grew up in his house. And you know what? He he, he may have put his foot up in my behind a couple of times for me being stupid, but you know what? I take those ass whoopings, and you know what? I'll go to the bank with him. I can cash him in because <laughs> they. He did what he was supposed to be doing. So I need people to understand whether you got one person here. Always take my idols. My idol is my parents, my mother mm-hmm. and my father. And it's, it's, it's together. It's collective unit. So I want people to understand that whether you got one parent in your life that did what they got to do, that's your idol. Because they, they chose to stick around. They chose to do what they got to do. And people have to understand, these people don't have to do that. They don't have to stick around and be your parents. They can say, I want to be selfish and I want to do what I want to do. But they didn't do that. So that that's, family means everything to me. It really does. Even with my brother, we was going through stuff. But I hate to let people know we still loved each other while we were going through our stuff. You couldn't talk about my brother to me. I could talk about my brother all day. But you better not say nothing about my brother because we're going to be in a fight. We're going to fight. We're going to do something. We're going to get mm. the first moving. So at the end of the day, you know, for me, family means everything to me. And I lost my way a little bit with my brother, and I think we both did, but we understood that we grew up in the same house. We had the same parents, we had the same stability. So at the end of the day, we can have differences, but we have to understand my parents always said it's always going to come back into full circle, and it has, and it's been and it's gotten better, you know. So that's 
that's me, bro. Family. I family. I'm big on family, man. I'm really at. Well, that's the point of Heritage Hip Hop because we want people to know that there's other sides of the MC than just what you just want them to know that you're more than music, music, music. I mean, while everybody hears the express highway outside the window while we on this joint, we also want their minds to move just like these cars are moving too. And, and you know what? You gave me like a, a – I just want to put a, put a point of reference and a shout-out to Sean Price, rest in peace, because mm-hmm. everybody loves Sean Price for his wild-out lyrics, but he always gave respect to his wife and his family. I don't care what kind of man he was outside the home or whatever – but he always made sure he represented his wife. And you representing for your parents and your family, that's the real foundation of hip-hop is community and unity. And I want to give you a shout-out for that as well. Appreciate so, it. So, no doubt. So, please, drop your social media for everybody before we close out the interview and have some fun. Okay. Um, so, you can find me on Facebook, Notes82. you got to spell it out, N-O-T-E-S-E-I-G-H-T-Y-T-W-O. On Instagram, you can find me at Notes82 underscore. On Twitter, you can find me at NotesView33. And back to Facebook, on my like page, you can find me at just Notes, N-O-T-E-S. All right, man. So we hope you're following Heritage Hip Hop since you dropped all that social media because you are um, you have an open door. You're welcome to come back. We are not a um, platform where we, we just talk to people and keep it moving. We like to build relationships, and we like to – Work together with everybody that's on the platform, whether it's helping them with LLCs or just showing them how to profit and making their their brand and their music go global instead of around the corner. You know what I'm saying? And everybody out there, if you like this interview, we at Heritage Hip Hop do not believe in streaming. So if you if you hear anything on the on the interview that you like, please take out that dollar, buy the album, buy the whole EP. But if there's a song that you like, take the dollar and spend it because it's worth it, and you're helping the artists grow and produce and give more music that you will like in the future as well. All right? Yes, sir. Yeah, streaming is whack. We don't believe in that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, speaking of that, I got another question to ask you, because this is one of my favorite questions I used to ask, but I don't really ask it anymore. But for you, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. it. All right? Can you be hip-hop without your phone? You sure enough can be hip-hop without your phone. Explain. I want people to hear what you think. You can be hip-hop without your phone. It's just like going back to what we said. How did you do it back in the day? How did mm-hmm. you do it in a time where we didn't have all this stuff? So mm-hmm. I'm hip-hop. Look here, I'm going to put it like this. I'm hip-hop on the phone or off the phone. <laughs> That's okay. Only, it's in my name. It's in my name. No. You know, what, what, where did I get my name from? No. If you see me, you see notes walking down the street. They're like, oh, he's probably thinking about something to write in his notepad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I look at it, man. So, yeah, you can be hip-hop without your phone. Definitely. So then. We were, we were hip-hop before, before phone. With, with so so know, then, you know? understanding that, so then why do all the artists shout out the middleman instead of shouting out themselves so they can make their, their money or spread their art without the phone or the middleman cutting into their profits? Because now it's a show me all type of culture. <laughs> That's the great. It's a show me all type of culture. I got my phone now. It, it, it's like the it's like the industry has gotten you to the point where you have to be on these devices, and that's the sad part. That's the, it, it works. Don't get me wrong. It works, but that's the sad part. That's really sad. It really is. Well, to everybody out there, you heard what the man said. You on your phone, and that's what your hip hop is. You're sad. <laughs> 
hip hop and own it because you were hip hop before you had your phone. Exactly. And we were hip hop before the expressway. These folks get on my nerves with these cars, man. A lot of a lot of people got bad mufflers or something. I don't know what the hell going on over here, yo. This is crazy. One car smoking like they got damn fried chicken in the back cooking it. This is horrible over here, yo. This is just trash. Get your car fixed, man. Get your car fixed. That should be the Logan slogan for 2021. After COVID, get your car fixed. He's like, God damn. This is <laughs> body car just hanging, yo. This is horrible. But they ain't mess up this interview because this interview was dope. So right now, I'm going to ask you some of the rapid fire questions. The rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions that provoke thought, and I need you to speak them out. Also, I'm not going to ask you what your favorite food, favorite color is, or who you want to sleep with. Don't care. That's your life. I only care about the art, the music, and the culture. Are you ready? Yes, sir. This question comes from not being in your catalog. What song perfectly describes your life? Mm. You're the man now. Ooh, you're the first person that ever said that. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's the first. Okay. You're the man. All right. If uh, hip-hop had to be personified as one individual, who represents hip-hop to you? KRS-One. Why so? The teacher. Because he teaches? That's it? <laughs> no, nah, because I, I believe that the message that he gives is mm -hmm. raw and rugged, but he get, he's, he's, he's teaching you, but he's giving it to you. It's kind of like the tough love. He's giving you, he's giving it to you intelligently, but he's giving you that tough love. He's whipping, he's whipping your behind, but he's whipping your mind. So that's why mm. I think KRS one. He's whipping your mind. I give him credit for longevity, you know, because um, that 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 that, that news like the traffic light, that that album, the light, great mm -hmm. album. And people mm -hmm. because it's KRS one, they'll be like, no, we'll listen to that. He old or. You know, it's it's not mainstream, so a lot of people may not know of it, but he still makes great music to this day. So salute to you, Harris yep. One. Mm -hmm. Okay. Being that hip-hop is about culture, culture always redefines the narratives while supporting its past. The remix is a sport, important part of hip-hop's past where either they change the beat to an existing song or they got people to um, jump on the song to give new life to it. My question to you is, what's the greatest hip-hop remix of all time? Oh, man, you're going you to have me thinking now. Well, that's the point. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you could think why these cars is going by acting crazy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what, um, you, what you got? Hmm. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Flavor in Your Ear. Okay. Because Why is that the greatest gave, remix of all time? Because it gave you so many the flavor. It gave you so many flavors, mm -hmm. and it it, it it really resonated because it's like you had LL, you had Buster, and you look at all their styles, and all their styles were totally different. You know. So, and then at that time, oh, you might be having you see now something popped in my head. Nope, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with my answer. I'm gonna change my answer. What was the other one you had in mind, just to just to have a point of conversation? John, Johnny Blaze ain't a damn thing. thing. That John Blaze. Um, the John Blaze remix? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you the same answer as with the flavor. 
It's so when you talk about remixes, those two songs to me, if they're not in your top five or, or maybe your all time favorite, it's something wrong. Because you had these and back then it made sense because every I don't care what nobody says. Yes, it was different. Everybody was goddamn sparring back in the day on them damn remixes. With of course, yeah, of course. I don't, I don't care what nobody say. So, you know, to me, I felt like they took a shot at Mac on on Flavor Year. I, I feel. Don't be mad. UPS is hiring. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say no more. I'm not gonna start that. Rest in peace uh, to both of them brothers. But I think mm-hmm. they were sparring with each other. I think they were sparring, and that's why I say with those tracks, I feel like. Flavoring your ear, I feel like it brought it, it what the title was. It brought a lot of flavor, a lot of different styles to the table, and it meshed well. Yeah, that's dope. A lot of people say flavoring your ear, so I just wanted to hear your take on it. That's that's what's yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Just the same way the remix was a staple. People doing songs with each other back in the day was very rare and special. And nowadays, it seems like everybody tongue kisses on the fringe, and I hate it, to be honest with you. Because everybody should not do songs with each other. Everybody's not meant for the same beat. And camaraderie is one thing, but genital genital riding and pleasure is something else. Mm-hmm. I had to go on point to say that because I have to keep it real. Yeah. But the guest 16 or the feature... When it when it happened it was a special moment in hip hop. I ask you, who has the best guest sixteen in hip hop history? Oh my god! Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go Method Man the what? Method Man the what? I think you're the first person that said that. So you're the second. You're the second. Okay. Method Man to what? Why do you think that's the best guest feature ever? Because my favorite rapper of all time was on his damn heels through that whole track. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Biggie picked some fire. But Mep knew who he was. You have to know that you're in the presence of royalty, but you have to also let people know that I will knock your head off when it comes to getting on a feature record with you. And that sometimes that's not what the purpose is. The purpose is to come in there and rap. But I'm guaranteeing you that Biggie probably you probably heard some of the stuff that Biggie was rhyming to and Meth was like, I gotta come come for something for him. Because I'm on the track with Biggie Small. People are gonna be thinking Biggie gonna be the one to go harder. But I think Meth elevated on that track to me. I say Method Man is one of the greatest of all time and he doesn't get enough respect for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's my here's my here's my favorite part of the what that most people missed that only a real hip hop head would know. What was the last two bars in Biggie's verse? The first verse, you remember? You got me going back. I can't remember, but go ahead, enlighten me. Let me. Let me All right. Me. So at the end of the day, he was spelling out Method Man's name. And that's when Meth came in with T-H-O-D Man. But because the beat was off and they couldn't catch it the right way, Meth started rhyming his his name first while Biggie finished off his verse with the M-E, and it came later. Oh, man. That's how that stylish that track is. <laughs> that's how stylish that track was. You feel me? Man. I mean, tragic loss, you know, B-I-G passing away. But I will tell you this, if he would have survived, 
and you look at how many people of his contemporaries he respected, did music with, and he liked, oh, we got cheated by far by a lot. Yeah, we, you know? yeah, we got cheated a lot. Because I would love to have heard Biggie and Redman go bar for bar. Because Biggie and Redman, they were bar for bar at that time going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Biggie yeah. and Big L. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that would have been tremendous. You know, Biggie and Pun. Yeah, that would have been incredible. And I already had songs of Biggie and Guru, but even that would have been amazing. Biggie and MOP, you know, it would have been something special. And, I mean, the guest 16 and the feature really made you appreciate other MCs or your favorite MCs when they got together because the favorite question is, who got that? Who burnt who? Who did what? You know? Mm -hmm. And and, and understanding that, when you make your own greatest songs you think about who do you want on there with you or who you would collab with so notes 82 dead or alive what would be your 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 your, your um your perfect song who would you rock with if any and who would you to be okay um so an artist I to pick big smalls you know i'm going there brooklyn um, okay you and big okay and you said production wise yep who's going on who's doing the beat Man, you asked me all that question. <laughs> I'm going to go because it's big, and then we really didn't see it. I think we were going to see it. I'm going Dr. Dre. You are you, Biggie, and Dre on the beat? Me, Biggie, and Dre. Okay. And I'm How do you feel about the – huh, Sammy, me with Jay? I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you why. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Dr. please. Dr. Dre, persona, and what these artists have given to you, he's going to bring the best out of you. So I would have to come with it. You can't come to Dre's studio half-assing. You got to come with it. And for me, with Big, um, Big, you gonna have to go first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see what you, what you, what you putting on the plate, and then I'm gonna go with it. But that's what I would have fun with that. That would be fun. Okay, I respect it. I, I say that I ask you that question because hip hop is how we live our dreams, and there's nothing wrong with dreaming. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, and and that, and one day, I hope you be you get a big acapella and you get a Dre beat and they match and then you could just put a dream track together that you really love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now everybody out there listening, um, this is Heritage Hip Hop and we're with Notes 82. We're gonna go into our final two questions and then we're gonna leave y'all with, with some music. You know, <laughs> you know, we're gonna close this out. So, okay. second to last question is this, and this is a question that. It's a music question, but it's not a music question. It has more to do with um, you as an individual. Okay. Hip-hop is now in colleges, museums, and the Hall of Records when it comes to libraries and governmental um, documentation. In 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 the Hall of Fame of music, why would your name be cemented and qualified to be there? Because hmm. I would say this, not, it's not just about the music for me. The music is always a message, but I always live my messages out in my real life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so um, if, I, if I'm talking about police brutality, it hurts me in a way. Yes, on the record, I'm, I'm giving it. I want us to stand up, like no justice, no peace. But outside of that record, I have to live it every day. I have to live it because of my skin color. I have 
to live it because some people just don't know how to deal with hate. Or they're, they're afraid of the color of my skin or they're afraid of a reaction from a black individual. Um, so for me, it's uh, my name would be cemented because I live it both ways. I don't just live it through music. I live it on, 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 on the real life side of it too. You know, so that's the answer that I'm going to get. I live it, I live it both ways. Some artists, um, and I think most artists that have been put into the Hall of Fame, they, they actually live it on both sides. They've seen it on both sides and they've overcome it on both sides. So that's how I look like my name would be cemented. If I just keep it the way I've been keeping it, keeping it real. You know, and then for me, and for me, it, it's kind of like, it's not getting emotional now, but it's kind of like for me, I'm actually starting to come into my own as an artist. And it, I've been doing music for so long. I wouldn't say I've been put on in 20 years. I've been doing music since I was a teenager and writing music since I was a teenager. And to get to this point where people are actually starting to recognize it now, it's the best feeling in the world. And I'm giving them me. I'm not giving them nothing else but me. I'm not trying to fool you. I'm not giving you the roofie. I'm not putting nothing in your drink. I'm giving you it straight. You don't need Kool-Aid or none of this gospel Kool-Aid or whatever it is. I'm giving it to you straight. I'm giving you me. I'm giving you the pill right in your face. With the other pill? No, it's just me. I'm going to give it to you this way. So that, that's what I say about that question. And I'm proud of you, brother, because what time, one thing we need, we need other men to exalt other men because, especially being men of color in this world, we are being destroyed mentally, physically, emotionally, and our characters being destroyed on television and in the mainstream media. So from a man to another man, be the most high I bless you and make you whole, brother. And I, I, I salute you on your track in life, all right? You as well, man. You as well. Thank you. And here's the final question, which is the most important question I ask out of all my interviews. And this is not a question that you'll get on your next interview with me at all. Okay. The most important question is this. One day, unfortunately, life is just a hand's breath, as is written, and we are going to pass away. Uh-huh. And in the year 3,512, there's going to be a major <laughs> earthquake in New York City. And in that earthquake, a building is going to fall, and somebody's going to find an Apple laptop. And they're going to find something and go, what the hell is this? And they're going to surf that laptop and hit a button, and Notes 82 music is going to come on. And they're going to get a message from the past that affects their life today or in that day. The final question of this interview is, what is the legacy that you leave behind that made the world better because you did music and you existed within it? Um, hmm. I'm going to say my family because my name will live on through my, through my, my legacy will live on from what I'm teaching my kids now and they'll pass hmm. it on and I'm going to make sure they pass it on to their kids and they'll pass it on to their kids and my generations of my grandkids will pass it on and they will, will not forget no thing to they will not forget at all. So it's, it's my legacy lives on through my family. It's the messages that I'm giving my kids now that they will give their kids, and, and it will go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And for that reason, that's why hip-hop was always be around and never die. Because hip-hop is something that is not something that you learn. It is God-grafted, God-given, and you live in the essence of God. Whether you accept it or not, he is, and hip-hop will forever be. 
So with that being said, this is Karel with Notes 82. Everybody tune in to Heritage Hip Hop for not only this great interview, but others that we had done, done as well. But we salute Notes 82 for being a prolific MC. So we say peace and we out. Once again, this is Karev, and we're thanking you for listening to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Notes82 is an MC that really talks about life and what he's learned from it and puts it into his lyrics, whether it be about forgiveness, coming from a hard place and going somewhere special, or even reflecting the lessons that he's learned so life can be better for his listeners. Please take the time to follow Notes82 and check out his new EP, The Notes EP, out right now. Good music deserves a push, so we are asking everybody, please check out this artist and realize that hip-hop is not just bouncing your head and getting a vibe. It's also bouncing your head and getting a message that could further your life. This episode of Heritage Hip Hop was brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the financial superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you need some help with your credit, please contact them at 862-250-5122 and also go to www.transparentcreditrepair.com. Tell them Heritage Hip Hop sent you. And no, stimulus checks are not the only way we're going to beat COVID. If we fix our credit and put ourselves in a better situation, we'll have a better financial situation not only for ourselves right now, but for our children and legacies in the future. Before we get out of here, we want to shout out our team. Our financial team has already been situated with Transparent Credit Repair, but our virtual assistant, Fatty's Place, needs to be taken care of. If you have a social media presence, you want to make sure your social media presence is strong and more people follow you, contact on Instagram at Fatty's Place, F-A-D-D-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E, and talk to them in Maybe you get some tips on not only how to have a better social media presence, but how to have a productive one as well. I know for a fact it will be a help. We're also partnered with Diamonds Entertainment LLC, D-I-E-M-E-N-Z, Entertainment LLC. The other side of hip-hop, fashion, sports, and the gentleman's perspective. So make sure you follow them on Instagram. We are partnered with Firejaws, a prolific MC who's lyrical, faith-driven and business-minded his profession is marketing promotion and placement so if you have a brand or a a good art that you want to take to the next level it has to be placed and marketed a certain way to be successful make sure you hit him at f-i-r-e-j-a-w-s on instagram that's fire jaws another partner we have is Another show on the network of Heritage Hip Hop called The Big A Show. Shout out to Adi Yar. You can see The Big A Show on YouTube at A-H-D-A-Y-A-R. And we hear there's a new season coming. I'm the co-host and I'm going to tell you it gets wild and crazy over there. So you want to check that out. For everybody who wants to support Heritage Hip Hop, you want to make a donation. We have a cash app and the cash app is dollar sign K-A-R-E-V-Y-A-H. If you'd like to buy some apparel, you could go to www.storefrontier.com forward slash heritage hip hop. We have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and all the like to get your style and flavor up real nice and to represent heritage hip hop. Be sure to go to heritagehiphop.com for free membership and you will get exclusive music and you will hear 
great, fabulous new artist, your favorite new artist that you have yet to be introduced to, but we have the pleasure of exposing them to you on HeritageHipHop.com. Right now, we are featuring Chill Lounge and their artist, Julius Pimpin, and his single, Long Spoons, out right now. We're also working with Out The Mud Music Group, who's featured in the movie coming up, Amoya. And they're on the soundtrack, and you can hear them on the, uh, the trailer. So make sure you support Out The Mud Music Group. Once again, this is Karaf from Heritage Hip Hop, thanking everybody for listening and your continued support. We have new podcast episodes coming, and they just get better and better. Because we're going to start dabbling into international hip-hop soon. And that's where the real fun begins. So everybody out there that's listening, we say peace, thank you, and we're out. <laughs>